the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. As we continue this vital series on how we can win the battle over all kinds of temptations, God gives us everything we need to meet the challenges and enjoy the victories in our earthly lives. He assures us that he will not allow us to be tempted above our ability to resist the temptation and that he will give us a way to escape it. Why then do we repeatedly lose the battle over temptation? Listen closely with Bible, pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us on how we can win the battle over all kinds of temptations. Serving others not only blesses God and those you are serving, it also blesses you. It takes your mind off of your issues, yourself, your problems. And all of a sudden you, you recalibrate, you refocus, you begin to minister and it becomes so refreshing to you to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing in our servanthood. Next, why is it so essential that we come to the Lord's house together in the unity of the spirit? It's when you are a regular attendee in the Lord's church. You get to exercise, exercise your spiritual gifts that God has deposited within you. All of us in here, once we're saved, have one or more gifts. First Peter chapter four, verse 10 says, God has given each of you, each of you, 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 if you're saved, a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts, use them well to serve one another. If you isolate yourself at home, how can you use your spiritual gifts to minister to others? Why is the church so essential? Worshiping together with God's people is essential because nothing replaces the power of the human touch. Absolutely nothing replaces the power of a human touch. In Luke chapter 13, verses 12 through 14, the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of Jesus' garment because he was out among the people. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 3, Jesus touched lepers and healed them. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 and 15, Jesus touched and healed Peter's mother-in-law, and she began to serve. In Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 15, Jesus touched and prayed for children. Beloved, coming to the Lord's church gives opportunity for you to touch others, bless others, encourage others, refresh others in the spirit of Christ. Amen. Amen. Why is the church so essential? The church is a place of healing. It is a place of healing. In the book of James chapter 5 verses 14 and 15, it says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church 
and let them pray over you, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Beloved, I have heard and witnessed the testimony of a number of believers who have who have said they have come to church depressed. I've heard from believers who said I came discouraged. I've heard believers say I came sick. I was angry. I was worried. I was confused when I came. I was fearful. Matter of fact, I came and I was just absolutely miserable. But they encountered the presence of Christ in his house. And they were healed of their infirmities. Don't you know healing is in the house of God? Don't you know the word of God is therapeutic? Something happens when you worship God with passion, with zeal, with enthusiasm. You leave here one way, but you, you come one way, but you leave here excited, refreshed, enthusiastic. And all of a sudden, you're free. Some come bound, but they leave liberated to the glory of God. To the glory of God. I love that passage in Psalm 107, verse 28, which says, he sent his word and healed them. The word of God is therapeutic. It is spiritually therapeutic. It does what psychology cannot do. The word of God does what opinions cannot do. The word of God does, the word of God does what uh, the commentators can't do. The pundits can't do. The politicians can't do. The word of God, that's, that's healing. It's, it's spiritually medicinal. It, it does something when you come here and you mean business with God. Now, now you can leave here in a hot, uh, you can't come here and leave in a hot mess because you're looking at who's, how who's dressed and she sang off key. This person walked too slow. This person sit in my seat, my parking lot. Oh, you leave here a hot mess. But I dare you to come in and say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Lord, refresh me. Lord, I'm tired. Lord, I need a word. Lord, I don't want to miss you this morning. Do something in my life. Take control. Father, I don't want to leave like I came. Have mercy on me. Father, overwhelm me with your spirit. Arrest me and watch God. Work miracles through you to the glory of God. He sent his word and healed them. The word of God is medicinal. Then let me tell you something else about temptation. You will struggle to overcome temptation if you do not ask the Lord to tame your tongue. You will struggle to overcome temptation if you do not ask the Lord to tame your tongue. In James chapter 3, verses 5 through 10, it says, So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of an unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining, look, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. 
For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creatures can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness or similitude of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, he's talking to believers, these things ought not be so. I got a lot to say on this. Don't rush me. Beloved, many believers think they are spiritual, but you are not as spiritual as you think you are if your tongue has not been tamed. If the truth be told, all of us in here have yielded to the temptation of an unbridled tongue. Every one of us. Every one of us. Don't lie in God's house. Don't, don't you lie. Don't lie. Don't lie in here. You can't tell me my, my tongue been, been saved. Every, every, my tongue been corralled ever since I've been saved. Huh. 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 How do believers know when their tongue is not tame. Do you think your tongue is tame? Let's just check it out. Let's give you a little inventory. How do believers know when their tongue is not tame? First, you must realize that you need the Holy Spirit to help you tame your tongue because no human being can tame it. You, you can't tame your own tongue without God. Impossible. It's small. Well, the effects of it is just riveting. It's like a dagger. James 5, 8 says, but no human being can tame the tongue, not even you. How do believers know when their tongue is not tamed? Your tongue is not tamed when you talk too much. Proverbs 10, 19 says, when words are many, sin is unavoidable. But he who restrains his lips is wise. I wonder about those people who can get on the phone and talk for three hours. <laughs> if you talk for three hours, unless it's an unusual situation, somebody's a cancer patient or some serious or something like that. I know there's some situations that warrants that. But some of you just, I'm calling my person up and you talk to the same person every day. And you're calling them up and you talk for then one hour past, two hours past. Three hours. You, when you're talking that much to people, sin is unavoidable. You end up saying things you should not be saying. Keep your conversation concise, to the point. I'm not saying it has to be two, two minutes, but it shouldn't be five hours to everybody you talk to. You talk long, you start talking wrong. <laughs> when words when words are many many some of y'all can show talk sin is unavoidable but he who restrains his lips is wise how do believers know when their tongue is not tamed when you speak without thinking Proverbs 12 18 says the words of the reckless 
pierced like a sword, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. The reckless, they speak reckless. Uh, when you speak without thinking, you just run off at the mouth. Don't think before you speak. And all of a sudden you made a big mess. Uh, Another, how do you know when your tongue is not tame? When you are quick to speak and slow to hear. You won't listen. You won't even get a word. People can't. I got relatives that I can't get a word in. I have to call their name at five times just trying to get in the conversation. They just talk. They go from one thing. You, ever, you don't know anybody? They just go from one thing to the next thing and to the next thing. And I say, so-and-so. They go to the next thing. I say, so-and-so. I'm not going to call their names. But they go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Oh, I got to go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> they had a conversation with themselves. James 1.19 says, know this. My beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Your tongue is not tame when your words put down others rather than build them up. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. Such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Your tongue is not tame when there is a tendency to speak negatively about yourself. Some of you are hard on yourself. I'm too ugly. I'm too short. My hair won't grow. Well, look at mine. You're in good company. You don't have to worry about dandruff. You know, it's, it's, it's okay. And I, I, don't, I don't have an inferiority complex because I'm bald. Matter of fact, not bald is in. You know. <laughs> I mean, some of you think you're too dark, too white, too this, too that. When are you going to just learn to be content with how God created you to be? Some of you talk negatively about yourself. You're negative towards your family. You're negative towards your friend, your children, your husband, your in-laws, your co-workers and others. Proverbs 16:28 says a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends separates close friends listen your tongue needs to be tamed when your words are destructive which kills the dreams of people the vision of people the motivation of even your husband and wife your wife want to go back to school you why you go back to school i'm taking care of you you just kill it. Just kill the dream. What, what, what you need? What you need? Another, what you need education for? If you want to go, help her go. Help her go. Don't keep her. If she want to drive, help her to drive. That's right. Help her look good. Don't leave your spouse lacking. Won't you say amen? You, you, you can't drive. You know you're going to tap everything in front of you. You kill dream. You're a dream killer. You're a vision killer. You're a motivation killer. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Your tongue needs to be tamed when it is easy to tell a lie with no sense of conviction. No sense of, there's some husband can look at their wife and lie. She said, where you been? 
nowhere. She can look at you. She know, she know you lie. Listen, tell the truth. Never lie to your spouse. Lies is, is one of the worst enemies of your marriage. Speak the truth in love even when it hurts. Tell the truth. Uh, Proverbs 19.9 says, A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes lies will perish. How do believers tame their tongue? How do believers tame their tongue? Well, surrender your tongue under the control of the Holy Spirit. Who will restrain the tongue? The Holy Spirit is a restrainer. The Holy Spirit will bridle your tongue, restrain your tongue. Galatians 5, 16 says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. How do believers tame the tongue? Believers tame the tongue by praying before they speak. Pray before you speak, before dumb comes out. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18a says, praying at all times in the spirit. Uh, how do believers tame their tongue? To tame the, your tongue, you must let the word of God dwell richly in you, which not only builds up your own spiritual life, but the lives of others as well. Colossians 3.16a says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom. When you're filled with the word, the word of God restrains the tongue. Uh, how do you tame the tongue? Know when to be quiet. Know when to be quiet. Don't always have to get a word in. Sometimes, just listen. Be quiet. Know when to be quiet. Ecclesiastes 3, chapter 3, verse 7b says, a time to be quiet and a time to speak. You all think it's always a time to speak. Your tongue cannot be tamed until you know the consequences of your words. Because once they are spoken, you cannot get them back. I say it again. Your tongue cannot be tamed until you know the consequences of your words. Because once they are spoken, you cannot get them back. How many of you have said words you wish to this day you can get them back? Come on, be honest. You, you say, why? You ask, why did I have to go there? Did I have to? Me and my big mouth. Why did I just shut up? That's a saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Some people at 50 and 60 years old are still crushed by the words of their parents and grandparents. Words do hurt. They do matter. Matthew 12, 36 through 37 says, I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will have to account for every careless, idle word they speak. For by your words, you will be acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned. On the day of reckoning. Last but not the least, believers tame their tongue when the words of their mouth and the meditations of their hearts are acceptable before the Lord. Believers tame their tongue when the words of their mouth and the meditations of their hearts are acceptable before the Lord. Psalms 19, 14 says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable 
in in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Each victory will help you, some others to win. Fight manfully onward, dark passion subdue. Look ever to Jesus. He will carry you through. Shun evil companions, bad language disdain. God's name hold in reverence, nor take it in vain. Be thoughtful and earnest, kind-hearted and true. Look ever to Jesus. He will carry you through. Ask the Savior to help you. Comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you. He will carry you through. And all God's children said, amen. God bless you. And Father, thank you for this word today. Many before this series perhaps thought they had a handle on temptation, only to discover through this series that they've yielded in many ways they've never even considered. And it's so easy to sin. It's so easy to sin. Sin by thoughts, by deeds, by words. Oh God, we confess our sins today. We humble ourselves today. We've fallen short. We've sinned. We plead the blood of Jesus over everything that is true of us in this message. Help us to be honest with ourselves, to thine own self be true. Purge our hearts. Father, for those who are here today and don't know you, I pray that they come into a saving relationship with you so that they can really deal with sin because without you, they can't handle temptation because they don't have the life of God living in the soul. It is our prayer that they come saying, what must I do to be saved? In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, you here today? I'm not going to ask you if you understood the message. You understood the message. I saw y'all taking camera pictures. I saw you writing. I saw you documenting. It was clear. It was plain. It was in your face. You know what the real question is? What are you going to do with what you heard? You know what you need to ask yourself? You need to ask yourself, Lord, why did you have me sit here this day and hear this message? God wants all of you. Not a little tiny bit. He wants to be Lord of your life. He wants to rule your life. He wants to reign your life. He wants to be first in your life. And there are others of you who are not saved. Jesus is saying, come unto me. You who are downtrodden, you who are wayward, you who are backslidden, you who are living in sin, you who are living together and not married, you who have 
done some of the worst of things unimaginable. I have good news for you. You can't get so low that the grace of God can't get low and reach you where you are and pick you up out of the pit and establish your foot on the rock of Jesus Christ. Can't nobody do you like Jesus. Can't nobody do you like the Lord. He's sufficient to save you and make you whole. Salvation is believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and coming just as you are, regardless of color, regardless of your past, regardless of what you've done 30 years ago, how bad it is, that's okay. The blood is sufficient to clean up that mess and make you whole again. But the real question is, and I conclude this invitation and give you a chance to respond, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Or do you want to leave here like you came? Same old way, same old habits, same old doings. No change because there's no commitment. Jesus spoke to you today. If one, being close to the kingdom is not good enough, you have to be in the kingdom. In the kingdom. In the king, In Christ. You come now, but settle up with God and say, this is enough. I'm not putting God off. I'm setting up with Jesus now. Just come. God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere present. Nothing catches him by surprise. He is always ready, willing, and able to hear us, answer our prayers, and sustain us. When we call upon the Lord, Satan will flee because he and his limited power can in no way stand in the presence of our power source. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Ponverse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.